Now, with the latest from the world of technology, this is the Tech Guide Podcast with Stephen Fennick. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading once again. Tech Guide. Well, without a doubt, the biggest tech story of the week. Tech Guide. It's a very competitive market, the smartphone market. Keeping you updated and educated. This is a device that combines a tablet, a laptop, and a sketch pad. This is the Tech Guide Podcast. This is the future. Wireless earphones. Tech Guide. What you see is what you get. Quality is obvious. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide, episode 320. This is the podcast that keeps you updated and always educated about the latest consumer tech news and reviews. Thank you to our loyal listeners for listening. Thank you for downloading. First-time listeners, we're glad you found us. We hope you enjoy the show and become a regular listener. My name is Stephen Fennick, and I'm the editor of that tremendous website, techguide.com.au. On this week's show, it's Stay Smart Online Week, and we're going to give you some tips so you don't become a statistic. The Battle of the Sydney Opera House Sales to Promote the World's Richest Racehorse, and we'll tell you about the tech angle there and the Epson product that can digitize your photo albums. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to take a look at the HyperX Cloud Gaming Headset, the new Microsoft range of Surface products, and the Sphero Bolt app-powered robot. And we're going to wrap it all up with the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear. They're Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products, and also Norton, the company to help keep you, your family, and your devices safe online. Massive show for you, so we're just going to get cracking. Well, it is a special week. It's Stay Smart Online Week. It runs through till October the 14th. Now, this is a government initiative, Australian government initiative, and it's a time when we really need to think about cyber safety and cyber security. Sort of take stock, look look at look at some tips, and we'll, we'll we'll show you them in a second. We'll tell you about those. But the theme of this year's initiative is reverse the threat. So try to try to be safer online. Look at what we're doing. There was uh, some interesting stats released about our cyber safety in 2017. Here are some of those interesting facts. One of them is that one in four Australians were affected by cybercrime in 2017. That's 6.09 million Australian adults were hit with cybercrime or cyber-enabled crime last year. One in four. 43% of cyber attacks are actually aimed at small businesses with an average cost of $10,000. That's incredible. 59% of people use the same password across all their devices and accounts. 59%. Are you one of these people? You should change it up. Plenty of clues and tips on how to create a strong password we'll discuss in a moment. 80% of Android users and 23% of iOS users haven't installed the latest software update on their device. And that leaves you, them exposed. A lot of people get, see an update and they get annoyed. This, is, uh, th- this really surprises me because an update normally means an improvement. Something's better. Something, uh, the security is tighter. The, the software is more efficient. So always run your updates. That is uh, what we recommend. 87% of people have taken risks on public Wi-Fi. Public Wi-Fi, there's a lot of people who are maybe not realize that 
you can be quite vulnerable on a, on an open public Wi-Fi network, and whatever you look at, someone on that same network can see exactly what you're looking at. So, uh, really, should take care when you're on networks, free networks in in airports and lounges and cafes and restaurants and all these places. So, I wouldn't, if I were you, to do anything sensitive like your banking or any other kind of financial transaction, because there could be someone snooping. As unlikely as that is, there could be someone on that network just waiting for someone like you to type in your your user, your your bank and a password. And bingo, they've got your information. So better, better be safe than sorry. There. So we're we're talking about reversing the threat. So uh, we want to really turn the tables on cyber criminals and the way to do that. To this is a kind of fight back. You need we need to work to to uh, get keep our personal information safe. Avoid these fake websites, fake invoices. Avoid these these things that are designed to trick us into giving up our information. This year, there's a few large companies and organisations that are actually joining in on uh, on the whole uh, Stay Smart Online Week, and we're talking about companies like ANZ Bank, Westpac, NAB, the uh, Australia Post, Qantas, Facebook, Netflix, and Google. They're all banding together to help support that push to combat cybercrime and it is it's an epidemic we, we really should take so much care uh, with what we do online we, we're living our lives online we need to just like there's a solid lock on your front door or on your car or any other physical thing that you own that you want to secure then the same deal should be uh, with your online life as well and that lock I talk about is a strong password uh, think of that strong password as like having this amazing, unbreakable lock. They're the lock on the front door to your online life. So make sure you get a strong one. Uh, so by strong, I mean mix it up a little bit. Uppercase letters, lowercase letters, numbers, punctuation, all these things, the longer and more of those you, you can include, the better. Uh, so... A lot of sites, when you do come up with a password for the first time, will tell you whether it's it's weak, it's okay, it's strong. So, uh, and there are a lot of there's a lot of uh, apps and and even I know on the Mac it also recommends recommends strong passwords for you as well, especially if you're using a browser on the Mac. Uh, they can also the Safari browser suggests some really strong passwords. So when you come back to that, if you're signed into any of your Safari and any of your other devices, it'll remember those passwords. All you need to do is just remember one master password, and then you're okay. I think Norton also have a similar vault type feature, which you can install as an as a, uh, a a plugin on your browser, and that can also not only save your current passwords and remember them every time it needs to, but also suggest those really strong passwords also. And also, too, second like there's a two factor authentication. I think is a must. So by that I mean if if your account enables you to have two-factor authentication like Facebook, Twitter, uh, Google, or all these all these online services now have two-factor authentication. I think iCloud has it as well. Turn that on because what that means is someone even if someone cracks your password, they need to still have the code that is sent to your mobile device. So if someone's worked out your password and tries to log into your account. Then you you should receive a message to say, oh, here's your here's your code for your 
for your account. If it's you, then you know that that message is why you got that message. But if you get that message randomly, you think, well, hang on, someone's trying to crack my account here. And unless they've stolen your phone as well, uh, they're not going to get in. So having that two-factor authentication is a must, something you really need to do. And you can you can have a, either a, a passcode, a code that's sent to your device. You can use your fingerprint, face ID. There's all these other ways to uh, strengthen the security on your accounts. Phishing emails. Phishing is a problem, and I'm, I'm not talking about the rod and reel phishing. I'm talking about the cyber phishing, spelt P-H-I-S-H-I-N-G. This is the act of trying to trick you into handing over information because you think an email you've received is actually from a financial institution or some trusted company that you're doing business with. This is a bit of a hit or miss for cyber criminals, but if they, the thinking is if they send out enough, they will, they will say, say, for example, they've got a fake Optus account, Optus email, or a fake AGL email. If they send enough out, then there will be, there's a good chance that either an Optus customer or an AGL customer will receive that email and think, oh, hang on, I haven't paid my account. What's this? Why do I need to give them to re-enter my details? Or if you you might receive something, say, oh, your account, your account has been deactivated. You need to log in again here to reactivate it. That is suspicious. Check to see whether the, the uh, email looks legit if they've called you by name. A, a, real, a dead giveaway for phishing emails is if it says, Dear Customer, and it doesn't quote your name, it doesn't quote your account number, it doesn't have those 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 bits of information that prove that it is legit and that they know who you are. And look at the email address where it comes from as well. So click on the address, the from address, and you'll see that it, it's probably gobbledygook, some, some long and complicated email address rather than it being from at Optus or at uh, whatever the other AGL or whatever it happens to be. So check that out as well. Uh, if you are, if you think, if you are suspicious, call the company, call AGL, call Optus and say, I just received an email which looked like it was from you. What's the story? And they may say, no, that's that's a scam. And that way, well, you know, so be careful. Don't don't reply to those emails straight away because 99 times out of 100, that's their phishing emails. No one's going to ask you via email to submit your credit card details, your account number, your account password. No one. So be careful. Updates we mentioned. Updates are good. Don't be annoyed. Update your phone. Update your, your, your laptop, your computer. Get it updated. So even set it to auto-update, so it does it by itself, so it doesn't need to bother you. It just updates in the background. We also mentioned public Wi-Fi and how dangerous that is. Uh, Norton Wi-Fi Privacy is uh, – our sponsors are Norton, so i put that out there. But they do have a really good product that's a, such a simple thing to use. Norton Wi-Fi Privacy is basically a VPN. So it's an app you install that creates your own personal tunnel into the Internet. So that way you no one can see what you're doing, even if you're on public Wi-Fi. So worth checking out as well. There are other VPNs, but I've found, and I'm not just saying this because Norton are our sponsors, but that to me is the simplest VPN. It doesn't even say VPN in the name, just so it may, it's easy for everyone to install and everyone to use. You don't need to know how it works. It just protects you online. Well worth checking out. The Stay Smart Online Week. It's going to go till the 14th of October. 
Here are those, the, there are those tips that we've offered to you so that you don't become one of those statistics. One in four affected. We want that to blow out to one in 20 if we can, or one in 100. That would be ideal. We need to reverse the threat. That's what we need to do. If you want to read more about those tips and everything we've spoken about here on this segment, check it out at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. Well, there's been a bit of an issue uh, and involves the Sydney Opera House and the move by uh, Racing New South Wales to project a barrier draw for the Everest, which is the world's richest horse race, which is being held here in Sydney. Uh, there's been quite a uh, quite a bit of hysteria over the fact that Racing New South Wales wanted to beam the 10-minute barrier draw on the sales of the Opera House. This is an issue that's really divided not only Sydney, but divided Australians. The the, the nation has uh, are, are well set on either side of this issue, and uh, there's been a lot of back and forth about whether it's appropriate, whether it's tacky, whether it degrades the Sydney Opera House. Uh, there's there's a lot there's been involvement from from 2GB broadcaster uh, Alan Jones and his uh, treatment of the Sydney Opera House CEO during an interview. I think that's really got a lot of people's noses out of joint and thereby put them on the opposite end of what uh, the objective here or their goal is is to have this to promote racing New South Wales. Now it started a year ago. A lot of people aren't aware of the fact that uh, this this bid started more than 12 months ago and initially Racing New South Wales uh, asked for the barrier draw to be beamed onto the pylons of the Harbour Bridge. A lot of people don't realise that. and A lot of people also don't realise that it was the New South Wales government's suggestion to say that they they actually said, no, we're not going to offer you the bridge, but how about the Opera House? To which Racing New South Wales 12 months ago agreed. So... The the argument is what exactly is going to be shown on the sales. They didn't want it to be too tacky. They didn't want odds and things like that, which are, which would be inappropriate. But they thought, well, let's just have the ten minute barrier draw. It's a, it's a projection. They're not painting it. They're not renovating it. They're not changing the tiles. It's beaming uh, some light onto the sales for ten minutes to promote the world's richest horse race, which happens to be in Sydney. And from the New South Wales government's perspective, this is a possible moneymaker for them because it's going to attract tourists. It's going to bring money into the economy. Uh, Why am I talking about this on a tech podcast? Well, let me explain. There have been people saying, well, no, you can't do it. It's not appropriate. But I pointed out in, in a story I've written on Tech Guide that other other sports have been beamed onto the Sydney Opera House sales. I'm talking about the uh, the Australian rugby team, the Wallabies. Uh, they've had the, the the cricket, the Ashes urn beamed up on on the on the sales. They've promoted the gay and lesbian Mardi Gras on the sales. Also, but also involved, and this is why I'm talking about it. Samsung, back in 2013, and are still a corporate partner of the Opera House to this day, have also had a an Opera House takeover. Back in 2013, when they launched the Galaxy S4, and I'm speaking about this because I was there, they not only transformed the Opera House, I'm talking they built these massive wooden buildings at the front, in the front gate, at the back, and with their logo in letters, six-foot-tall letters, they were not only present as a brand, but they also then beamed 
photos taken by users of the phone onto the Opera House sales. Now, there was no logos, no writing at all, just photos generated by people who were using the Galaxy S4 smartphone. And no one said boo about that. No one had a problem. And now with this big horse race, suddenly there are people who think, well, racing is evil and gambling is evil. Uh, There's been a number of people, a number of my Facebook friends have shared petitions on Facebook to stop this. Yet a lot of these same people I've seen dressed up beautifully in, in outfits and suits at the races, enjoying a day out, a day which is quite social, socialising, maybe having a bet. People have splurged on the Melbourne Cup. They've attended Melbourne Cup lunches and events and maybe entered a sweep. But these same people are suddenly against racing and against gambling. Me personally, I'm not a racing fan. And I don't gamble. But to promote a massive Sydney event, like how often, how many cities around the world can say they've got the world's richest horse race? I'll tell you, one, Sydney can. And give them the 10 minutes on the, on the sales. Other, other companies, other sporting bodies have done it. People bet on cricket, and they also bet on rugby as well. So it's not like it's, the, that it's only one sport about gambling. So the, the outrage, speaking of gambling, the outrage about the gambling is equally ridiculous because a lot of people don't realise this, but the New South Wales government funded the construction of the Opera House by holding a lottery. So to help fund it, they were asking people to gamble on it, so to to buy a lottery ticket. And that lottery ran until 1986. So that's a form of gambling, isn't it? And I know that and I'm not here to defend Alan Jones. Uh, a lot of people are against this because of the the bullish way in which Alan Jones interviewed Louise Heron, who's the Sydney Opera House CEO. He was a little aggressive. And again, as I said, I'm not here to defend him. I, I, I think his interview style on that particular day was a little bit over the top. Uh, but it's no different to how he's interviewed prime ministers and, and males on his show. So it's not people saying it's oh, it's because he's bullying a woman. He bullies everyone on his show, and he, he likes talking over the top of them, and that, that's, his, that's his style. And again, like I said, I'm not here to defend him or give, make excuses for him. But I think that's got a lot of people offside as well and who are under, also under the false impression that maybe he influenced this decision. Uh, a lot of people are saying that uh, Gladys Berejiklian made a captain's call after what Alan Jones said. I don't think that's right. Uh, according to Racing New South Wales, all this started a year ago, uh, and Alan Jones' involvement in the last few weeks hasn't suddenly created it from nothing. So that that's another issue there as well. But I, I wonder, I, I just think that we are looking at things to be outraged about. And this, I think, is the... There are far worse things happening in the world than this. Direct your outrage at that. Direct your outrage at farmers committing suicide because of the because of the drought. Direct your your outrage of, of our opinion of climate change or lack of an opinion of climate change. Direct your anger at the spiraling energy costs where pensioners are afraid to turn the lights on, or petrol being priced higher than ever before. So so many other worthy issues that deserve our outrage and yet we're worried about a 10-minute projection on the opera house we'd love to hear your thoughts about this hashtag tech guide 
Hit me up on Twitter, at Stephen Fennec. You can easily find me. I I'll, would love to hear what you think. Or you can send me a voice bite. So you can click on the record link that I've shared on my Facebook page on Tech Guide, as well as on the Tech Guide Twitter, on my Twitter handle as well. Uh, you'll see the big red record button. Would love to hear your thoughts about this because, as I said, there are people on either side of this that feel strongly that it should go ahead and strongly that it shouldn't go ahead. Uh, I think that... And people have their reasons for doing this, but the main one being that it sort of degrades the opera house. Uh, personally, I don't, I don't see it that way. I think it's promoting a Sydney event, a unique Sydney event in the most unique way possible on a Sydney iconic building. And just for the record, uh, the opposition leader, so Luke Foley, the New South Wales opposition leader, is, is for this as well. He wants it to go ahead. Prime Minister Scott Morrison also agrees, saying, well, if you've got this big billboard, why not use it to promote a Sydney event? Uh, I think uh, so. The politicians agree with it, uh, no doubt citing the amount of tourism and, and money it can generate. But I want to hear what you think. If you want to get in touch with us, you can hit me up on Twitter. You can send me an email or you can uh, record a voice spot. I'll play those voice spots on the show next week if you like. You want to read my thoughts about this, uh, this whole thing about the Sydney Opera House and whether or not we should have the barrier draw, the 10 minute barrier draw for the Everest. Uh, I'd love to hear what you think about it. If you want to read my thoughts though, you know where to find them. Techguide.com.au. Well, our good friends at Epson have come up with a pretty cool product. They've come up with a, a scanner that can scan the physical photos that are still in, no doubt, many of our photo albums. So you can digitize those albums of photos. And you think about it, and I've, I've thought about this too, if your house caught fire, God forbid, but if you had to grab something in a fire, I'd bet that the photo albums would be one of them. If you if your house is ablaze and you, you knew where the photos are, these irreplaceable pictures, I reckon, I know I would, grab these things and take them out of the house with you. Save them. Well, that is uh, pretty common, I think, for people to think that way. And we, we still, a lot of us, I'm sure a lot of you listening, still have old photo albums full of pictures. And this Epson product can help digitize them. The Fast Photo FF680W is the model number. This is the world's fastest personal photo scanner can handle one photo per second, and it scans at 300 DPI and can handle 36 photos at a time. So you think about how uh, traditionally we'd scan an image in. You'd have a flatbed scanner. You'd put all these images on there, maybe try to fit four or five, and then it's one big file, and it's a, it's a real pain. Well, the fast photo works differently. It actually looks more like a printer than a scanner. So you put the photos in at the top, then it scans it through the guts of the of the machine, and then they come out at the bottom on a tray at the bottom. They pop out the bottom in a second, so it can handle all types of media sizes and types as well. So if you're scanning a postcard, a panoramic photo, a Polaroid, uh, it can even. And you remember in the old days when the the old black and white photos, where on the back there would be something written down about maybe the date or who's in the photo, it can scan that as well in the single scan. So if you put that in, it'll scan the front and the back and save that as a file. So here is a way to digitize your images, save them to a folder, pop them up in the cloud. So 
if that fire starts, and again, God forbid it does, but if it does, just make sure your family's safe. Get them out. The, the everything the pictures can burn because there, there's this copy of them up there in the cloud and the way you can do it really quickly is using Epson's new fast photo scanner so uh, you can even from the device share images straight to your cloud storage whether it's Dropbox, Google Drive, whatever you're using it's smart enough to put a copy up there anyway if you desire so it can do that as well and not only will it work with photos it'll also work with files and documents so you think about whether you've got maybe important receipts contracts other digital copies of things you need important files important documents the epson fast photo scanner can burn through them as well not burn i should say can get, can really move through them copy them scan them really quickly burn is probably not the right word here but you know what i mean it can get through copy them really quickly as quickly as you can your photo and if you are scanning a document uh, there is a built-in ocr which is short for optical character recognition so, for example, if I'm putting through a letter, uh, it will not only give me the copy of the letter as a photograph or a PDF, it will also recognize all the characters and give me an editable, not edible, editable Word or Excel file. So I can actually make changes and, and, and save the file as a, as a Word document or an Excel document. Really cool product. This is uh, it's going to be it's available now. It's seven hundred and ninety nine bucks, but I think for the use you can put this to. Imagine going over to your mum and dad's house or your grandparents' house and getting their whole shoe boxes worth of photos and scanning them through and creating a digital copy for them that will arguably last forever. Definitely worth a try. Of course, it's got Wi-Fi compatibility as well. Uh, really easy to use. The Epson Fast Photo, 799 bucks. If you want to see that for yourself, you know where to find it, at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand and also the creators of Orbi, the world's first tri-band Wi-Fi system. I get asked so often, how can I make my Wi-Fi better? You can do it with Orbi. It gives you reliable, secure and crazy fast Wi-Fi to every inch of your home. No more dead zones upstairs, no drop connections through walls, just better Wi-Fi across the board. Orbi reaches up to 370 square metres through traditional Wi-Fi barriers like walls, stairs and doors. With a dedicated internet connection, Orbi helps prevent buffering while streaming your favourite movies and shows. No matter how many devices are connected, you have ultra-fast Wi-Fi speeds. The Orbi tri-band Wi-Fi system works with your existing modem to maximise the speed you're paying for. Orbi's sleek design and state-of-the-art technology steals the show. It gives your home a superior a Wi-Fi network that's both easy to set up and elegant to display. It doesn't look like a modem at all. You put it anywhere. With just a couple of clicks, your secure Wi-Fi network will be ready in no time. For more information, visit netgear.com.au. Orbi, better Wi-Fi everywhere. Tech Guide. Now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennett. Tech Guide. We're kicking off the reviews this week with a gaming product, and we love our games. I'm sure you do too. Who plays Fortnite? Do your kids play Fortnite? Do you play with them? Do you play Call of Duty? There's cool, some cool games coming out. Red Dead Redemption is out soon. There's so many games to play. And what better way to enjoy it than with a headset? 
and the headset that we looked at was the HyperX Cloud headset. Now, this is a pretty sturdy headset that uh, ticks all the boxes when you think about audio quality, durability, and most importantly, comfort. You think about you could potentially be spending hours wearing this thing. So comfort is is important, and that comfort is provided through padded memory foam cushions on the ear cups and also on the headband. So uh, durability, it's made out of a aluminium frame, so can last for a while, can handle anything you throw at it. Uh, the headset even has a two-year warranty. That's how confident they are that it's going to last. It's going to keep up with you and your gaming. So having a headset, though, allows you to enjoy the sound without disturbing the other, the rest of the household. It also allows you to talk to your fellow online players, whether your teammates, your opponents, a bit of trash talk. It can do that. And uh, what's good about it, too, is that at your fingertips is are the inline controls. So you can do things like mute your microphone, adjust the volume of your audio. Uh, so it also has a detachable noise-canceling microphone. So if you want to use it, easily pops in. But if you don't want to use it, say you're playing by yourself or you just want to listen to music, then you can pop out the uh, noise-canceling microphone and just use it as a regular pair of headphones. So if you want to listen to music or play by yourself. We uh, we use the PS4 version of the uh, the HyperX Cloud headset, and there are versions for Xbox, PC, Mac uh, that that have their own uh, colouring to match that particular system. In the case of the PS4, the uh, the version that we had, we had uh, it had that distinct blue aluminium frame and blue stitching to match the PS4, uh, and also had the distinctive PlayStation symbol above each of the ear cups. Uh, the again really comfortable to wear with an easy adjustment, and I've got a big head, and it still fit me perfectly. The microphone was also uh, in in good position, so I could talk to my opponents and teammates, as well as hearing everything through the headset. So great way if you're playing late at night, maybe you don't want to wake up the family, or you just like uh, you want to enjoy decent sound. You might have a uh, a TV that doesn't have uh, good audio quality coming out of it. Might not be connected to speakers or a sound bar, but this uh, this has got. 53mm drivers on board, so delivers pretty impressive sound quality and decent bass as well for the price. It's only 129 bucks, by the way, so not too bad in terms of value. The one thing that I reckon they should have included was a case or a little carry bag so you can take care of the headphones when you're not using them. Maybe easy way to pop them into uh, you know the case or bag if you're going over to a mate's house to play as well. So, uh, you know, I think... Customers might have been willing to pay a few extra bucks to have that included. It's one twenty nine. If it was say maybe one thirty nine, uh, I think the customers would have still bought that and get a bag or a case out of it as well. The HyperX Cloud headset, uh, we've reviewed it. We enjoyed it. You can read that review though at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. Microsoft have been hard at work uh, producing even more Surface products, and we're pleased to report there is a whole new generation of Surface products, uh, starting with the Surface Pro 6, which is obviously generation, sixth generation of this powerful device that is both a tablet, a laptop, it's got a kickstand, uh, it's uh, 67% faster than the previous model, the fifth generation, which is very, very impressive. It's got Windows 10, of course, can act as your laptop or tablet, uh, it's got that really handy kickstand so it can be positioned very comfortably. It's got a 12.3-inch pixel-sense touchscreen display. 
with a resolution of 2736 by 1824, starting at 1349 bucks. If uh, you want something else, they've also got Surface Laptop 2. This is version 2 of their popular laptop, which is a follow-up to the the previous model, of course, the new 8th generation Intel quad-core on board. It is a remarkable 85% faster than the original Surface Laptop released a couple of years ago. It also has a really nice design and a best-in-class keyboard and trackpad. It's also available in four colors this time, black, platinum, burgundy, and cobalt blue. It's going to start at 1499 bucks. Also joining the fold is the Surface Studio 2. Now, this is the powerful desktop computer with a massive screen. I think it's a 28-inch screen that can actually fold down thanks to the zero-gravity hinge. It's like having this amazing floating sheet of pixels. So if you're a creative type who likes to draw, create things digitally, then uh, this screen will knock your socks off. It's 38% brighter, 22% more contrast. So whatever you're looking at will look tremendous. The touchscreen display also has 4,096 levels of pressure. So if you're drawing, sketching, this is the ultimate creative canvas. Studio 2, the Surface Studio 2, starts at $5,499 and is obviously designed for more serious users. Now, another new, brand new Surface product are the Surface headphones. These complete the Surface experience for many people. And this, uh, these are noise-canceling headphones too, by the way. There are two beam-forming microphones on each ear cup. So there's eight microphones in total. So not only helps with the noise reduction, but it also uh, allows you uh, have the uh, make, and, make and receive your calls as well. So if you're still able to make your calls despite wearing the Surface headphones. There are on-ear dials that allows you to adjust the volume and noise cancellation levels. They're also Bluetooth enabled, so you can stay connected to anything that you want to through your device, your computer, your tablet. Uh, this can uh, be paired to that. Pricing wasn't announced for the Surface headphones. That's going to go on sale on the second half of October. All the other products are, are going to be on sale in mid-October, so it's in, in a week or so, and prices are I've already stated for those. But the headphones, for some reason, they didn't give a price. My estimation is they'll be, I reckon, two ninety nine. They're sort of the, the from from reading about the specs and the design. I think they're going to be more the upper end of your of your headphones. Could even be three hundred ninety nine. But Microsoft, I'm hoping, keeps it at two nine nine, even or even cheaper would be better. So keep an eye out for that. If you want to read about all of those products and also see what they look like, you can go to techguide.com.au. Our last review of this week's show is the Sphero Bolt. Now, anyone who's familiar with Sphero knows that they create these uh, great little spherical robots that you can pilot with your smartphone or tablet. They also then branched off into some amazing Star Wars products like BB-8, BB-9E, R2-D2. They've got some great stuff, Sphero. Well, the latest product of theirs is the Sphero Bolt, which is like a step up from the old Spark that was this clear sphere that you were able to control with your smartphone through the app. This time out, the Bolt still got the clear sphere, that rhymes, clear sphere, but this time out, it's got an 8 by 8 LED matrix. So you can also have uh, these, these, these patterns and colors shining through as well. Now, why is this a good product? For a number of reasons. First up, 
it's not just a toy. You give this to a child, a teenager, or or even younger, and they can use it to learn things about computer science, about coding. There is in the app, the Sphero EDU app, which is short for education, it allows you to just drive the thing or to create little little codes that, so you can program the device to move at a certain speed at a cert, for a certain time in a certain direction. So it really gets you in that whole mindset, that coding mindset that could lead to you learning other things. Number of activities as well that you can uh, that you can enjoy. And with this really great community that exists now through the Sphero world, through the app, you can also see all the activities and codes that have been shared by other people. So you might make a cool little code, you know, changing the colors and changing the speed and the distance and the direction, all these sorts of things. You can share that with the community and vice versa. You can see uh, what other people have come up with as well and try it out. It's an amazing community. A lot of variety in the gameplay, coding and activities. The app is excellent, a really great design, I think. If you want to give a, a device to your child that uh, even an adult will enjoy this, uh, and you can also make something and learn something at the end of the day as well. So uh, I think that deserves a massive tick there. The Sphero Bolt, two forty nine ninety nine can be uh, purchased at JB Hi-Fi, Apple Stores, Amazon, National Geographic, and Officeworks. Definitely worth a try here. It's way more than just a toy. You never know. This could lead your child in an amazing career direction and uh, turn them into a genius coder. They might come up with something that changes the world. You never know. To check it out, you know where to go uh, to see the review of the Sphero Bolt, techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finney. Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton, the company that can keep you your family and your devices safe online. Now, you probably have antivirus on your computers and tablets, or at least I hope so. But did you know that your router could be letting hackers into your home? The router is the heart of the connected home, but can also provide an entry point for hackers to attack anything that's connected to your network. It can infect your devices, steal your information, or spy on your home. And unfortunately, just password protecting your router won't block these threats. Introducing Norton Core. It's a smart and more secure Wi-Fi network that delivers speed and security all in one. Norton Core delivers next-gen Wi-Fi speeds to every corner of your home while helping to protect all your connected devices, your computers, phones, smart TVs, baby monitors, gaming consoles, smart speakers, and more from the digital threats by helping to block them at the network level. With built-in parental controls, Norton Core also lets you set screen time limits by device or user, set content filters, and even pause the internet across your entire home or from an easy to use smartphone app. Norton Core, the more secure Wi-Fi router, it's available now at your local Harvey Norman store. Tech Guide. Now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. The Tech Guide Help Desk, we're actually going to kick it off with a voice bite. We received a voice bite from one of our readers and here's what he had to say. Hi Stephen. Just wanted to know, can you get speed alerts and school zone alerts on Google Maps? I have them on my TomTom Go app, but I want to start using Google Maps and need this feature. Please let me know. Thanks. 
A great question, and uh, that is a really important one because uh, we do rely on, especially when we're in areas where we don't know, uh, we don't know, are not familiar with, that school zones. Uh, that for the, A, that they're there, and B, that the time for the when school zones are enforced, uh, that, you, that it happens to be that time. Now, unfortunately, Google Maps does not include this at the moment. Uh, not even Waze includes it or Apple Maps. So what, what David was saying was that there are apps from TomTom, uh, the actual devices, actual GPS devices do provide that information. Even dash cams. There are dash cams which have a camera out the front, screen at the back with GPS. They provide the school zones. It seems to me to be a feature for more expensive products. So it's sort of one of those features that if you really want it, you've got to invest in a dedicated device. So unfortunately, David, Google Maps, as far as I know, have no intention of adding the school zones. If it does roll out, it'll probably be something that has to happen region by region. Like We were talking uh, recently about Google uh, Google Maps being updated for commuter information. So that's a step in the right direction, at least. So I think maybe next on the agenda could be those school zones. Other questions we had this week, one one listener asked me, they said that they are, they're Telstra customers, but they live in a terrible reception area. And how can they improve the signal strength to their home? Now, I asked the question, I think they, they actually told me they had a, they've got Wi-Fi at home, they've got a good internet connection. And my answer was to turn on Wi-Fi calling. Now, a lot of people aren't aware that if you own a, an iPhone a recent uh, Samsung device, there is a provision for you to activate Wi-Fi calling. So what it basically does is use the strength of your Wi-Fi network as the backhaul to the phone network. So it'll pump up the signal, but through the Wi-Fi. So you can still make a call. Clearly, I use it myself here. I'm a Vodafone customer, and I have it turned on just so that in, in the event of it being a, I mean, a weak part of the house where the signal sometimes does dip out sometimes, Wi-Fi kicks in, and I'm able to make that call loud and clear. Something to consider right there. I think a lot of people aren't, aren't aware that Wi-Fi calling is an option. The other question I had this week was about watching TV without an antenna. One reader contacted me and said that she had a 4G wireless modem. So mobile broadband dongle, and was wondering how can I watch free-to-air television? She said she's already got Netflix sussed, so she's connected the smart TV to the, the hotspot. Now, to watch free-to-air TV through this same connection, you can do one of two things. You can either use the apps on your smart TV, the catch-up apps I'm talking about. A lot of the catch-up apps may not have live TV, but they do have the programs you want to catch up on. I do know that the browser, so if you want to watch on your computer through this same connection, you can look at the catch-up sites. So if you go to 9, Now, 10, Play, all the all the catch-up sites, they have a live capability. So you can watch live television through that connection. So you still watch TV. You might not have an antenna, but you can still watch TV. My suggestion, get an antenna. My other suggestion, get get fixed broadband so you can do everything. But that might not be the case at the moment. Maybe the NBN's around the corner and you'll be sorted out. But they are the answers to those questions. We've written about all these things and uh, and you can check all the answers to those at techguide.com.au.
Well, we've reached the end of our show for this week. You can read about everything that we've spoken about at techguide.com.au. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. So send us a voice bite. Uh, I described earlier how you can do that, either through our social media or through Tech Guide itself. We'll play your voice as we did earlier with David uh, on on the show. So uh, your voice, you'll be the star of the show as well. Or if you want to go old school, we still accept emails. Prefer voice spots, but emails will do as well. Info at techguide.com.au. A special thanks to our sponsors. A shout-out to Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that's got your back online for you and your family. Thanks for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.